Welcome to the Business Maestro with Kerry Wood, talking all things development, growth, team harmony, and getting the best for you out of your business. Every week, Kerry auditions industry leaders, business owners, and individuals who have increased the tempo on their business growth. For a direct line to Kerry, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook. Here's the thing. Kerry is straight up and straight down the middle. There may be some politically incorrect stuff coming your way. If you're into the no-bullshit type of learning, then this podcast is for you. Hey out there, Kerry Wood here, Business Maestro, the Auckland Centre of Business Excellence. We are in the middle of starting our podcast, in the middle of starting our podcast. And i got to tell you, today is just such a spectacular day. But before you listen to this podcast, you need to be aware that sometime in the next 30 minutes, we might say something that you find a bit pointy, a little bit politically incorrect, maybe a bit of language that you struggle with. If you're a powder puff or don't want it straight up, straight down, then you need to hang up now and go and listen to somebody else. Because at the Auckland Centre for Business Excellence, we're about results. We're about driving forward and doing the best we can with you, your business, your life, and that's great. So today... Let me tell you about today. We've got an international author, a guy whose best-selling book is just rocking business owners that I'm sharing it with, and I am overjoyed that he's given me the time to do this. And his book, Find Your Cash, is seriously, if you haven't got it, at the end of this, we're going to tell you how to get it. you got to get it because it will make you hundreds of thousands of dollars in your business in a heartbeat. So it's with great pleasure to the Business Maestro, Auckland Centre Business Excellence Podcast, I welcome a very good friend of mine, Mr. Brad Flynn, all the way from Australia. Good afternoon, good morning, whatever the heck time it is over there, Brad, welcome. G'day, Kerry. How are you, mate? Good to see oh, you. Oh, mate, we're, we're doing well here. Hey, hey. Mate, just a just a bit of personal stuff. I heard a rumor about the last time you were in Bali. There might have been might have been some red wine or something drunk. Have I got that rumor right, or or is it not not something we should talk about in 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 public like this? I don't know. Maybe I need to take the fifth on this one because anything with red wine and me in it usually never ends well. Oh, okay, mate. Well, I'll, I, yeah, well maybe, maybe at the end of the podcast, we'll come back to that and, uh, and and look look for that. Mate, I've finished reading your book for the sixth or seventh time. Firstly, before we talk about stuff we're going to talk about, congratulations on getting that out. It's 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 a great book. And uh, and what I like, and uh, we'll get to it, but, it, mate, it's simple. Uh, I'm not that bright like you, you know, we, we, but, but you can just get crap out of it. So well done, you. So first question for you, nothing about the book. How's things in Australia? You know, mate, we're all just coming out of this COVID crap fight. How's things going for you over there? And, and what, what's your view of how, how, how Australia's doing? Yeah, thanks, Gary. And I appreciate the, the, the feedback on the book too. Look, over here, we're, um, we're a real rainbow, I guess, of what's been happening. Because, you know, down the southern states, we've got Victoria, who's in a really deep lockdown at the moment. And I live in Queensland near Brisbane. So we've been relatively lucky so we've kind of got all extremes all colors of the rainbow for want of a better term but you know i'm heavily involved with my local chamber and uh, chamber of commerce and there's a lot of businesses that are actually doing really well in this which sounds odd and i do not say that to to sort of you know be discount the pain that a lot of business owners are going through but i live in a small community the seaside village type thing with the lockdowns initially it meant there were more people staying home so that meant there were more people out spending money in the local community, which has had incredible flow-on effects. So, you know, like people would stay home and do some renos on their house and they'd be going to Bunnings and getting their things and then they'd throw their back out. So they'd go and see the physio. So I've got physio clients up here that I work with that are booked out. You can't get a massage for a couple of weeks. You're a week out on getting in to see a physio. So, yeah, it's a real, um, a real, I don't know, like I said, a rainbow. There's some people who are hurting and we acknowledge that and, we're going to do everything we can to help them. But there's also some people who have adapted 
and have changed the way they do things. I'm not saying pivoting because I'm sick to death of the word pivot, um, but they've adapted to the situation and have come out like true entrepreneurs do. They innovate, they recreate, and they get out and they go for it. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I've, I've found the same over here. Um, if we use the round number of 100, if you're working with 100, 100 uh, clients, um, there are 10% who you can't do anything about. I mean, if you're um, an event place or a, or a wedding venue, you've got problems that you can't get around, if that makes sense. Um, but but and but businesses that are being uh, interactive and, and looking to communicate better and, and that most of them are doing okay. Some are doing, as you say, I've got some clients doing bloody well, uh, better than that. And I've got a couple of clients struggling. But you've just got to, as I say to my clients, you know, you, you've just got to keep going forward. Um, I, I believe there's a there's a resilience um, acronym called PEP, and that stands for it's not permanent. That is, it will get through it. First, it's not everything. You have your health, you have your family, you have your car. Second thing, it's not personal. It's not just happening to you. Yeah. And so, you know, PEP, just think about it. You know, and think about that. When you get up in the morning, you know, your wife, your partner, your kids, they're still there. They still love you. Well, often they'll love you, um, <laughs> you know. And it's and it's not, not personal. You, you know, the fact that no one's gone and said, oh, yeah, we're going to get the guys with glasses, which would be you and I, if that makes yeah. sense. Yep. So anyway, hey, mate, secondly... Again, congratulations on the book. I've got it here, and it's a star. Yep. It's a star. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you some uh, some feedback on it later in the in the little podcast. But, yes, mate, what COVID and cash? So, what should businesses be doing right now? I know it's not quite in line with your book, but it's close. What should businesses be doing right now with cash and COVID? You know, because hell, if you're in a bit of a you know uh, quandary, where yep. do you go with your cash now in your business? Yeah, look, one of the things I've been doing with, uh, I have a, a Facebook group with a bunch of people who, it's called FYC Central, and, and I've got the, the, we've been going through them week by week, and the book's only been out for, I don't know, five or so weeks now, so I only have to command five. But look, one of the most important things, and I've got the 10 cash commandments, and number one is thou shalt have at least three months worth of cash reserves, as in uh, revenue uh, overhead reserves, so that if, you know, things turn to, you know, what? You've got three months to settle, to plan, to adapt and, and change. And I, I'm not sure what New Zealand's like, but the government's sort of throwing a lot of money around at the moment. Now, that's good to get it back in the economy and keep it circulating. But what I've got all my clients doing, and I caught up with one the other day and she said, you know, when you taught me that, that is probably what saved me in this COVID was to have that three months minimum cash reserve. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be here. So that's the first one I would say by far is make sure you've got at least three months of your covering your overhead so that if your sales stopped, you can pay your bills for the next three months and buy yourself some thinking time. Now, it also doubles this thing as what I call your sleeping tablet. Because when you know you've got three months worth of revenue in the bank, it helps you sleep at night. So um, three months worth of expenses, sorry. So that would be probably the biggest thing with the COVID and cash at the moment is save some up to save it for a rainy day. Like our grandparents were right on that one. But uh, that would be one of the biggest things I'd suggest to people at the moment. I'm going to steal that uh, cash in the bank as a sleeping tablet, okay? So as of officially now, Brad, that's uh, something I thought of. Just, Absolutely. Uh, the business, uh, I love your business maestro title because that is so you. I have been privileged to see you play and I know you're a maestro on the music and I have been privileged to see you play in your vocation as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that's perfect for it and I would be uh, honoured for you to take that one as well. Oh, I'll have that. Now, mate, go, let's get into this book. One of the first things you talk about here in cash and... and I always talk to my clients as a bit, and as you've said, you talk to yours as cash is king. You know, sales is vanity. 
you know, <laughs> cash yes. is king. The first thing you talk about in your book, one of the first things is quick wins, mm. you know, and if you think about what we do, when, do for a living when you go into a business, quick wins. So give us some ideas, you know, um, across the board, not too specific. How do you find some quick wins in, 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 in business in general, Brad? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think fundamentally quick wins are mostly a, almost a psychological thing as well. Um, because in the book, the, the, the four quick wins that I talk about, and uh, are, first of all, put your prices up a little bit um, because you've got your fixed overheads. They stay the same. When you put your prices up a little bit, that flows straight to your bottom line. Now, if you've got a high volume product and you put it up by a small amount, that's huge. Um, I tell the story of a, a business that I, I buy from locally and three years ago, this might have even been longer, I suggested to them that they put their prices up because they've got fantastic product, but they're too cheap. I'd just been away somewhere else and the, the competitors that I bought it from somewhere else, because obviously they weren't there, were like 20% more expensive. And I said, you know, put your price up even if it's 5%. And I ran the numbers recently. I was buying from them again and sort of bit my tongue about telling them, but looking at their business, there was somewhere between 75 and hundred grand that they had missed out on by not putting their prices up. And I suggested 5%. So. Putting your prices up 5% is just a no-brainer. Human beings won't even detect it. Uh, price changes and they'll be happy. Uh, once they get to sort of 10%, you'll be okay. And usually the people who have the biggest issue, as we know, Kerry, are our, shall we say, degrade clients. And that's a great way to get rid of them so you can focus on your better clients. So that's a really quick win you can do. Um, the other quick win is around reducing some of your overheads. You know, over time, we tend to let sneaky little expenses get into our overheads. Now, when I say our overheads, and I mean our fixed expenses, and probably the biggest thing in the, in the quick wins chapter in those initial things is some basic numbers educations for business owners. Because I think the glaring thing for business owners that I see again and again, and you would understand this, and, and I'll put it to your listeners, I can tell quickly if someone knows their numbers well or not, by asking them this simple question. And I challenge your listeners, if they can't answer this straight away, like my clients and I'd say your clients can, then you, you, you need to do some research on matters. And that is, what's your current GP percentage running at? Now, I'll know their industry and I'll know roughly where it needs to be. And you know what? Some of the sidesteps and dodges and crazy answers that I hear um, is, is just blows my mind away. So um, some basic financial education around quick wins, also, as I said, as a psychological thing, is really, really powerful. Okay. Um, I'll share a story with you, Brad, supporting exactly that. A client of mine uh, got four tradesmen in vans doing stuff around the town, got them argued with the man. You must have had this discussion yourself and had this argument, um, had an argument with the, with, the, with the owner about putting his price up. We can't do it. We're in a price-sensitive market. You don't know our business. Sure, yep. you've heard all that before. Oh, hundreds of times, mate. So, so I said to the, we had a, we had a massive row and over coffee. I said, put your prices up. Wait for this by two dollars fifty an hour. Yep. Now there was silence, like long silence, and he agreed. Now, just so you, if you do the sums on it, four guys times two dollars fifty times forty dollars an uh, 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 so two dollars fifty times forty is a hundred dollars a week. Times four is four hundred dollars a month. Times yep. four is sixteen four guys sixteen hundred dollars a month. Yep. yep. That's twenty grand a year. Easy. And it falls straight to the bottom line. Yep. Now, yep. when he did it, he was adamant about how many clients he was going to lose. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Business was going to be cauterized. People were going to walk out. How many people do you think he lost, Brad? How, what number? What percentage of people do you think he lost? I would be daring and say none. 
Well, mate, seriously, it's, when you get the answer right, you know, the, he lost none. In actual fact, I have to say, we put it up two point five, uh, two and a half dollars, and, yeah. and three months later, we put it up another two and a half to get to yeah. the five. Yeah. The difference was um, about wasn't quite forty grand at the end of the year, but yep. because they didn't get one hundred percent. But we, and at the end of it, he said, you know, we talked about. It, and I said, you were aware over the last two or three years, you've probably given away a hundred k. And he looked at me, and he got really, really quite obnoxious because uh, it's a big number but that's it's, it's okay about what we do though isn't it you know the psycho business is a reflection of owners and it's the psychology that stops them a lot of the time so as coaches our job is to give them better options and better ways to look at things and, and that's a classic example of it mm. so um yeah good win mate that's a perfect example thanks very much for that brad outstanding so one of the other things you talk in your book about and it's a it's, it's a really interesting thing to think about cash is fat lazy cash mm. you know you talk about that about uh, you know i think you're talking about stock and um and lease and all that sort of stuff so so fat lazy cash i'm sure if i talk to my business owners i'd go we don't have any so h help us out with that how does that you know put put money in your bank fat yeah lazy yeah cash. i mean if you were to think of you know uh i often use a parallel between you know your fat and lazy cash as as employees because your money if it's got to be working for you somehow. And if it's sitting around doing nothing like a fat and lazy, uh, you know, person in a, you know, maybe in a restaurant or something like that, then uh, yeah, you're not getting the value. Cash must flow for your business to be healthy. So when things, you know, one of our fundamental principles is you're either growing or you're dying. And it also applies to cash in your business. You know, anything that lives grows or dies. Now your business lives. It is actually a living, breathing entity. So, if you've got cash that is not flowing, that is not moving, then it's dying. So we want to make the most of that fat and lazy cash, get it into shape and, and get it moving for the benefit of the business. So a uh, really important thing. So yeah, cash on your shelves. If you've got stock that's been sitting on your shelves for ages, get rid of it. It is just cash sitting there. It's not moving. The only place that I'm going to let my clients that leave their cash moving is in their sleeping fund where they know they've got that cash reserve. And even then, it's still got to be working for them to get them some interest. Now, if you've got equipment lying around that's not being used, um, this is a classic. I've got a, a client who's a past client now, but he's still a really good mate. He's got a business where he has done the equivalent of Airbnb for equipment that's sitting around your business not being used. So if you've got a I don't know, a cement mixer that you're not using or something, you can kind of Airbnb it. And he's got all the paperwork set up whereby, and I talk about this in the book, the business is called HireX. So is it, if it's sitting there and someone else can be using it, why wouldn't you make money out of it? So that, talking to your landlord and, and your bank charges are, are the two other places where money is just sitting around, not working for you. So get crack a whip on it and get it moving. Okay, mate. Um, in New Zealand, uh, we have... Uh, a little question about that in new zealand we have a thing called trade me which is a you can sell anything for anything on there and in australia you've got ebay and you've probably got the same sort of yes. uh, stuff happening um a massive row i had with a client you know me mate i don't argue with my clients <laughs> much but just a little bit of one we did a stock take at the end of march um and uh he had uh, a lot of stock uh, if i throw a number like one hundred and seventy thousand dollars worth of stock that was over 12 months old oh. So I sat down over a cup of coffee as I do my best negotiations, and I said, "So let's all let's sell all this on Trade Me," and he said, "Okay." So we talked about it, and there was let's pick an item. There was an item, item A, and he, he wanted retail was a hundred bucks example, mm -hmm. and he said, "Okay, it cost me thirty, so let's sell it for 60. I went, "No, let's sell it for thirty-one." 
And he said, I said, that covers your costs. Yep. And I said, with trade me, I don't know what it's like over there, but here you, you get courier. And um, he said, um, well, all of my clients, you know, my distributors, they won't like. I said, no, no, we'll, off, we'll do it for 35 on trade me and offer it to them for, 30, for 31. I said, if you've got $170,000 worth of stock, that's, by the way, at his cost. Yep. $170,000. Is I said, that should be $170,000 in the bank or in the business. So what I've just, what do you think of that as a strategy, as a scenario, as advice to give a business owner? What do you, how does that fit for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's, like I said, if it's just sitting there not doing anything, and again, understanding the numbers in your business. And, and sometimes, you know, business owners get attached to the perceived value of something like that as opposed to the actual cost. So mate, I'd agree with you 100%. If you can cover your cost and make a little bit to cover, say, you know, shipping and all the rest of it, then absolutely because you can then be using that money to you know maybe uh if you want got an effective marketing campaign to, to crank that up a little bit and by effective i mean you know how much you're buying a new customer for and their lifetime value and all those sorts of things so yep absolutely 100 percent all for it mate another another part of your book i think it's a uh, part four or something you talk about um sales and cash and one of the things you've got in here strategy seven and strategy eight if you don't mind me just uh is you've got you've got um following up and following up again and rebook and remind and retain. And, mm. I, and I always tell my clients about the, the six most profitable words in the English language, you know, would you like fries with that, you yes. know, so that, that sort of thing. And so, so tell us about, you know, if, if sales and cash, re, re, follow up, follow up again and again, rebook, remind and re retain how, cash. How the hell does that fit, Brett? Yeah, look, I think the, the best way I can explain this, Kerry, is, is it's a bit like, what people don't understand with their um, their clients, their customers, or their database is business is all about relationship. You know, it's about building a relationship with someone so that you can help them in the future because people only buy from you when they know, like, and trust you. So the more times that you are having meaningful type contact and not spamming them and, and sending invoices definitely doesn't count as a way of communicating with them, the better it's going to be. And, and, most people in the book it talks about most people make a purchasing decision between the fifth and eighth contact with someone so it's a bit like going out on a date with someone and then you don't call them back again you've you know done all the hard work you've, you've got a date you've had a great night and then you don't follow them up and keep in touch and sometimes that's what business owners do with their clients so and we all live very busy days you know we our information overload bombardment so when you do and you know minimum at least every three months make contact with your past customers reach out say good day and and just check in and and that was one of the first strategies at the start of uh covid was i said to all my clients get back in touch with all your past clients and check in with them and just say hey listen you know i know times are tough and i'm just checking in to see how you're doing such a simple little thing was so valuable and there were and that was not the intention but people actually got business out of it though you know clients would say that uh you know i was only just thinking about you the other day and wondering how you were going so relationships are king so making sure that you're following up keeping in contact um more or less to the point and you don't want to be too pestery because these days people can filter out your, your information and contacts but until they tell you to stop so um don't be afraid to be persistent because people will you know if they're busy they won't read your email and all the rest of it but give an example there's an email i get every friday morning and it's from a guy called james clear who wrote a great book and i'd recommend it for your, for your listeners it's called atomic habits i don't know if you've come across it yes i have and i've got a copy sitting up there great book his email is what does he do three ideas 
two quotes and one question. And it takes me like five minutes and I sit there afterwards for about 10 minutes just pondering what he said. So that's a valuable email that I actually look forward to getting every week. So if you know your customers really well, having meaningful contact with them is really, really important. So following up, rebooking, retaining, number one shows that you care, but also that you've got to be adding value in this, this day and age as well. So make sure that you're adding some valuable information for them. That was great. And you, thanks so much for that, Brad. And you just segued into my trick question to ask ask you that I've been saving for a little while because you know this is this is the the big question which has got a bit nervous about this yeah one. you know wait wait for it but you, you you brought it up yourself so here I go so tell me define the difference between value and price I have this argument discussed all of my clients yours must as well mm. we're in a price war we can't do this we can't do that we can't do this so mm -hmm. I want to hear, I know what my definition is of, because I say to my clients, never talk price, always talk value. So yeah. Mr. Brad Flynn, um, author of uh, Find Your Cash, uh, yeah. coach amongst a, men, define for me the Brad Flynn definition of why value and not price. Or if I'm wrong, Brad, throw that back at me. I'm, I'm happy to have the discussion. I can hit the mute key if I don't agree. Look, that's a really good question, Kerry. I've never... I, yeah, I've never thought about it, but I think for me, the way I define value is something that's important to you. And so the more important something is to you, and by important, I mean that it probably aligns with what the individual's values are. Now, when I talk about values, I don't talk about honesty and integrity and those sorts of things. To me, they're called, they're, they're social idealisms, whereas a value to me is something that's important to me that I'm trying to, in my context, import into my world because it gives me a positive emotional experience. So if someone were to follow me around, my highest values are helping people build extraordinary businesses, raising conscious kids is my number two, and number three is, is learning how to do the, the first two. So if you follow me around, you'll see my library's full of books like that. My car's got you know audio programs in it. My whiteboard's over here with all these contexts. That's me. So to me, that is valuable and that I am prepared to pay whatever price I ascribe to that. And this is something I, I talk about in the book as well, particularly around people not wanting to put their prices and that up, is that who am I to judge another person's value? What is important to them? And I know it's an easy way out. And Businesses, as I said before, businesses are reflections of owners. So it's usually the owner who has the biggest problem with the price, not the customer. So to me, uh, the, it's about communicating the value and being able to ascribe that value to a dollar value, that intrinsic value to actual hard money cost, is really not our decision. Our job is to educate the person about what we can do. And what we do is not for everybody, but then we've got to let them make their decision about what is most valuable to them. So the education process is a way of matching what we perceive as valuable to what they perceive as valuable. It's just that we put a dollar sign on it and they probably put emotional value on it. How'd I go? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Kerry. I'm the business maestro. I just got uh, served by Mr. Brad Flynn. Well done. Oh, oh, Brad, here's mine. But very simple, because I'm not as eloquent as yourself. Price is logical, value is emotional. Yeah, boom, you got it. So, so people buy 100% of people. All all sales decisions are made with emotion. So, if you want to communicate, you add value, add value, add value, add value, add value, add value. Then they will buy regardless of the price. Price. 
100%, mate. And I have just written that down because that is the most succinct definition of that. I waffled on for a bit, but yeah. You no, know. no, 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 I, I, no, mate. I, I, if I was having a go at you, I would have used, but no, <laughs> so when I talk to my clients, I say, you know, the first argument for me or discussion with clients or with, with the business community is, do people make their decision based on emotion or logic? They make it on emotion. They just do. Always. So value is emotional. You yeah. get, the, and, and it's your values. It's what you value in the proposal. It's what you value in the product. It's what you're going to get out of it. It's the pain, the pleasure, all of those sort of things. Yeah. The price is immaterial. Yeah. It's, and I, I quote a story by uh, Robert Cialdini in the book about uh, uh, there's this seaside village shop that had some things that weren't moving that were, they were cheap stuff. And the boss left a message for the young shop assistant to reprice them. And so the, the young assistant put the new prices on them, but they had the decimal point one place to the right instead of where it's supposed to be. And these things sold like hotcakes because this is an interesting thing, Kerry. Sometimes because something's expensive, people think it must be good. So why wouldn't you be the most expensive at what you do in your city? Because people will just assume you're the best. Brad, you've got to get new stories because I know that's in the book. I ah, read the book, you sausage. I've read it. Anyway, okay, mate. Just one. I know you're busy. I know you've got heaps to do, mate. I've got, a, got another, just quick couple of questions. At the end of the book, you talk about something that in New Zealand and it must be in Australia, in fact, worldwide, it's a major, major problem. And that is recruiting. Mm. That is getting the right people on the bus. We've all read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, you know, getting the right people on the bus and all of this. And, you know, um, as you know, in my book, I'm talking about the fact that, if you, you know, that sort of thing, you know, the team stuff, you know, or how that all works. Yeah. Um, so you talk about rock star recruitment and the rules, golden rules of recruitment. So hit me, hit me with a couple of minutes about that. So how does that actually impact your cash? Negatively, positively? What's yeah. the guts behind all that thought? Uh, yeah, good Brad? point, mate. Um, and look, this, for me, COVID was great because I had uh, plenty of time. And so I actually wrote two books. So um, the second book is about to carry on to the end of the, the first one, it's called the second book's Find Your Ideal Employee because as we both know, this is something that people, business owners, and to be brutal, really suck at because no one teaches them and it's very confusing. So look, the golden rules, I'm happy to share with your listeners that the golden rules are number one, always be hiring. So the worst time to hire is when you have to. So you've always got to be on the lookout for rock stars. So that's the first part, but you've got to know what a rock star is as well. And rock stars can come from, you know, combinations of people you've worked with, combinations of people you've had in your, in your, you know, in your employee before. So making sure you're really clear on who they are. And the second golden rule that is most important is hire slow, fire fast. Okay, take your time. As I said, if you're always recruiting, my, my kind of take on recruitment is sit back like an audition and say, well, you show me why I should take you on. Whereas when we're desperate, it's like, oh, please, will you come and work for us? Will you come and work for us? Which never works, which never works. And then if you do find someone, hopefully this won't happen. But if you do find someone who doesn't um, fit with your company, get rid of them fast. Because the old saying, the bad apple spoils the bunch, is so true. It can be toxic in a workplace culture. And I, I think it was France, and you might be able to help me on this. And maybe I've dreamt it, I don't know. But in France, if you dismiss someone, you have to pay some huge tax or whatever to, to let someone go, which I think is a really great idea because too often we rush that front end of the recruitment. So if I said to you know, one of my clients, you have to pick properly. And if you dismiss this person within the first 12 months, you have to pay a fine of 50 grand. 
they would be a hell of a lot more picky and choosy with the type of people that they are um, investing. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it, it may actually cost them that much in lost figures anyway. So that's the, the challenge with not getting the right people on the bus. They are going to cost you money. Now, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, the right person is going to make you money. Um, not only are they going to make you cash money, but they're going to help other team members um, with what they do, culture. And whenever I'm talking about culture and business, I talk about your beloved All Blacks, mate. They are the reference for best culture in sport, and sport and business are a lot alike in the world. You know, New Zealand, tiny little country, but a powerhouse for a long time in rugby. And why? It's because of the culture. So getting rock stars into your business pays dividends on multiple levels for your clients, for your team members, and for yourself. So it is just so important, mate. Absolutely. And I can't wait for your book to come out because I know it's going to be full of nuggets for me to, to um, share with my clients. Well, I'll hold you to that, Brad. I have a th thank you so much. For that. I have a question for you. Obviously, uh, I get a little bit involved and I'm as passionate as you are about recruiting uh, mm. rock stars. And I always ask my uh, clients this question. Um, we're going to employ a new, uh, let's think of it, an architect. We're going to employ mm. a new architect. And Bob, the architect, he's all fizzing at the bung to employ a new guy and he's got the position mm. description, he's got the KPIs, we're ready to go. And then I turn to Bob and I go, so Bob, this is a really important question, Bob, you're ready. And Bob looks at me and grabs his cup of coffee and he's paused, he's waiting because it's going to yeah. be one of those. So I say to Bob, Bob, what is the most important, and by the way, if you disagree with this, I, I, I see it as a learning for myself. Mm. What is the most important attribute for this new person? And Bob looks at me. And he's, he's pausing because he's thinking, because Kerry's asking, Kerry, and, he, and he's thinking, he goes, oh, he's got to have a degree in architecture yep. from Otago because he likes that. And he's got to have history of doing this. And I go, no, yep. no, no. And he'll hit me all this. I go, Bob, the most important thing that this person should have you that you employ, in my opinion, is two things, will and reliability. The will to work, the will to be, to be there, the will to make your company successful, and reliability that he will turn up meet deadlines and all that. And of course, um, Bob goes, well, that goes without saying. I went, 97% of all of my business owners complain about one thing in there. They don't complain that the electrician is not a good electrician. They don't complain that the, the doctor is not a good doctor. They mm. complain that they're late or they don't, you know. So yep. do you agree will and the will, the will to do it, the reliability to be there is actually, that's, that's your, you can have the best brain surgeon in the world, but yep. if they don't bloody turn up, guess yep. what? Absolutely, mate. And I would probably, the way I'd describe that is attitude. Yeah, the attitude is king when you're recruiting because if they've got the wrong attitude and you re your recruitment process, the to be able to find the qualifications is easy. You know, send me a copy of your degree. Send me that's like a twenty second exercise. But if they've got that basic qualification, then you need to be filtering for attitude. You need to be filtering for will and reliability. Um, and demonstrations of how that person has done that in the past. Because that's the key. Because past behaviour is the best predictor of future behaviour. Yep. So, and it's quite interesting. When you ring a past employee and say, just using your name, Brad, G'day, Brad, I'm, I've got Bob here. He said to use you as a refer, as a, as a, as a, as a, a, a reference. And you go, oh, yes, yes. So, Brad, could you tell me, um, was he reliable turning up to where you, you go? Well, yes. Could you tell me how many sick days he had? So you have three or four questions, and actually, funny enough, the employer on the other end said, so why are you pushing so hard about this? Well, the fact is that if he's not here, he's worth bugger all to me. You know, And it's yes. not just about that. Um, you would have seen, and I think it's just the greatest YouTube video, I can't think of who it was, that uh, 
uh, army man in the US talking about making your bed in the morning. Yeah. You, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You know, if you don't turn up, you haven't got your. You know, why? Why would you? Why would you do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The last last question, and I, I know you. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes because I know you've got stuff to do. You've talked a bit about financial education, knowing your numbers, and how important that is. And obviously, so Brad, where? How do you learn that, or other than talking to you and I? But you know, if this is so damn important, why aren't business owners educated before they become business owners? How, how do we make this work for them? I don't know. And Kerry, one of the things—well, I've got a few ideas. One of the things that, hypothetically, if I was ever prime minister, leader of the country for a day, you know what I would make it absolutely compulsory that. And I've talked to some of our leaders about this. You have to have a certain degree, a certain level of capacity qualification around understanding the numbers in business before you get a business ABN or registration number or anything like that. Um, you know, honestly, these days, there is no excuse for not knowing stuff. We have Google, we have YouTube and people like, I have a YouTube video that's something like a quarter of a million views on how to read a profit and loss statement. And I did it oh, 2013 because I got sick of teaching how to read a profit and loss statement. And you can do it in about five minutes. It's, it's so easy. This video took me five hours to make because it's the first video I ever made. And it was, it's crap. If anyone ever sees it, however, that doesn't matter. It goes for 11 minutes on YouTube and a quarter of a million views. So I would say, ask you, you, you know, your coach, where's some good resources, but it's a, I'm going to swear, Kerry, it's a bullshit excuse these days to say that you do not know where to find stuff because you worked it out. I worked it out probably even before internet almost. So, you know, go to the library, borrow a book, book an accountant for half an hour and get him to explain some stuff for you. And don't, accountants can confuse us sometimes, but um, make sure that you get what you need to. And that's the first thing I do with all my clients is financial literacy. They've got to be able to read their profit and loss, understand their balance sheet and understand their cash statement. So, um, yeah, and that's in the book. I do a, a thing on profit and loss statement. So, um, yeah, and it's not hard. I think accountants muddy the waters on this sometimes. It's actually really, really easy. So let's do an unabashed advert for this great book because, Brad, in the book you talk about all that, you give all those numbers. Uh, I read the book and uh, it took me about 45 minutes to read it. How does that does that fit about what you were expecting? About 45 yeah. minutes to read through it? Yeah. Um, and you'll know I read it because all the way bloody through this highlighted sections uh, <laughs> stuff, which, yeah, so it's I... probably uh, typos in that, is it? Uh, well, yeah. well, 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 I did, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I couldn't find any, but then again. Um, so, Brad, how do people get a copy of the book? How do people get to... Uh, you, you talk in the book about uh, your cash flow tool. How do they get access to this? How do they learn? How do they take advantage of you? Uh, how, the, how does this all work, mate? You know, you're, you're a guru on this crap, finding, finding cash in the business. How do, they, how do they link with you? How do they make this work, mate? Yeah, for sure. Look, um, jump onto the website, which is findyourcash.global. And it's a bit of a different thing, but F-I-N-D-Y-O-U-R, cash, C-A-S-H, dot global. Uh, all the information is there. As you mentioned, there's a tool that I developed, and I actually did it in my coaching practice, which was designed to find my fee. And this is where the whole book idea came from because when you bring a client on you know it's a big investment sometimes and you've got to be able to justify the value to your client in, in financial terms so and that's what the book's about it's the 17 strategies that i use with my clients and what i found over time was that i was consistently finding them at least a hundred thousand dollars in extra cash just by using these 17 strategies so that's what the book is all about the 17 strategies and it's easy to read um, like you said, you can read it in 45 minutes. I had one of my clients 
uh, one of my past clients bought a copy of the book and the day after he got it, he posted up in the Facebook group saying, thanks, Brad, I've just used one of your strategies and found myself an extra 65 grand. So it's it's that easy. And uh, So I, do you take a percentage of the savings or that, Brad? I wish that... I did, yeah, I wish I did, um, but unfortunately not. And I've had stories of people telling me, you know, eight grand when I applied this one and 15 grand when I applied that one. So um, yeah, but findyourcash.global and you can use the tool. Um, you know, I'll do a special deal for your listeners. Normally on the, the website, uh, you pay $147 to do the report thing, which gives you your own roadmap. You put your own numbers into the business and it tells you exactly how much each strategy will do. I'll do it for your listeners for $45. So, and if they're not happy, I'll give them their money back. So if they don't find the amount of money that they're looking for, I'll give them their money back. All right. So they buy the book in there, some contact details at the back reach out to me. I'll set them up with, uh, just mentioned Kerry Wood, uh, the business maestro, and um, I'll give them a, a $45 access, save them over a hundred bucks to, to do the report and um, they can put it in their own business or come and see you and you can help them do it as well. Look, um, Brad, amazing. I can only talk again. When I just want to make a very small point. When I said the book took me 45 minutes to read. That wasn't demeaning the book or saying it was short or anything. That was saying that, you know, once it was sort of got through it and got stuck into it. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kerry with the Business Maestro, the Auckland Centre of Business Excellence. Look, we've been talking today to the international author, Mr. Brad Flynn, about his new book, Find Your Cash. It's available on findyourcash.global. And look, or go to my Facebook page, ACBE-KerryWood-ActionCoach. We'll have it all on there. It's, it's, well worth the read. Take an hour of your time. You know, all of you that are in business have spent years learning to be in business. Five years learning to be an electrician or a mechanic or a plumber. Ten years learning to be an architect and getting experience. Fifteen years learning to be a doctor and not one bloody moment learning how to run your business. This book should be compulsory viewing before you fill out your, your number and get your, your your company number from the IRD. So, Brad, thank you so much for spending the time. Um, I, 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 I have no doubt that uh, everyone who's listening has got a lot out of it. Really look forward to seeing you for a glass of wine uh, in, in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kerry Wood, Business Maestro, with my best friend, Brad Flynn. Say goodbye, Brad. Thank you, Kerry. Always a pleasure. Goodbye, my friend. Okay. And uh, we'll catch you all later on on the other side. Kerry Wood, the Business Maestro. If you took something away from this podcast or if you know someone that is on their business journey who will find this really valuable, be sure to share this wealth of knowledge with them. And don't forget to subscribe however you're listening to this. And if you're a business owner who needs a bit of oomph, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook and continue today's conversation.